Does it feel like Groundhog Day to you? And are many of your usual coping and well-being strategies, such as meeting friends for coffee, just not possible right now? And are you finding it difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even if you know that it's there? If that's you, you're not alone. For many of us, this third lockdown and the third wave is harder than the first two, even though we're hopeful that the vaccines will bring this whole thing to an end. That's why I'm chatting to Dr. Amrita Sen Mukherjee in this episode, who is otherwise known as your wellbeing doctor, who knows how hard it is herself, and she has a special interest in positive psychology. Amy shares her expert knowledge about what might just keep us from sliding into despair, what will help us to feel better, how to support our nearest and dearest, even if it involves embracing some of those emotions we just don't like. So we share some practical tips and insights from the world of positive psychology. So do have a listen to find out why embracing some of the emotions we don't like can be helpful after all. Why understanding the different love languages of your family and friends and colleagues might make all the difference. And how to get others to support you in ways that are helpful to you. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog. Life hacks for doctors and busy professionals who want to beat burnout and work happier. I'm Dr. Rachel Morris. I'm a GP, TEN coach, speaker and specialist in teaching resilience. And I'm interested in how we can wake up and be excited about going to work no matter what. I've had 20 years experience of working in the NHS, both on the front line and teaching leadership and resilience. I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed, worried about making a mistake and one crisis away from not coping. 2021 promises to be a particularly challenging year. Even before the coronavirus crisis, we were facing unprecedented levels of burnout. We have been compared to frogs in a pan of slowly boiling water, working harder and longer, and the heat has been turned up so slowly that we hardly notice the extra long days becoming the norm and have got used to the low-grade feelings of stress and exhaustion. Let's face it, frogs generally only have two choices. Stay in the pan and be boiled alive, or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog, and that's where this podcast comes in. You have many more options than you think you do. It is possible to be master of your own destiny, and to craft your work and life so that you can thrive, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Through training as an executive and team coach, I discovered some hugely helpful resilience and productivity tools that transformed the way I approached my work. I've been teaching these principles over the last few years as the Shapes Toolkit program, because if you're happier at work, you'll simply do a better job. In this podcast, I'll be inviting you inside the minds of friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this, so that together we can take back control to thrive, not just survive in our work and our lives and love what we do again. Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. 
It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. Hi and welcome to another episode of You Are Not A Frog and today I'm delighted to have back with me on the podcast Dr Amrita Sen Mukherjee. Now Ami is a portfolio GP, she's also an expert in positive psychology and well-being and she was with us on the podcast previously talking about the power of positivity. So welcome Ami. Hi Rachel, it's so lovely to be back again. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it's so nice to see you in 2021. Oh, hey, thanks for coming. Um, Amy, we talked about positivity last time uh, you were on. It's the we beginning did. of January at the moment. And what on earth have we got to be positive about? That's my question to you. Start for 10. <laughs> and that's a really, really hard question that you've asked me first off, Rachel. Oh, so... I think if we if we cast our minds back to maybe October time, um, there was a lot of stuff to be positive about as we thought about 2021. And I think um, moving closer and closer towards November, December time, I think those of us in the healthcare profession maybe realised that um, there was this sense of fatigue coming in. But moving into 2021, I think we can be really excited about the vaccination programme rolling out. We can have hope about the future for renewed science and you know I think thinking about what's happening across the pond in America thinking about Joe Biden I'm hopeful about those types of things and I think I try to down tools and when things are really really tough which they are at the moment I'm not going to lie things are really tough I try to minimize the peripheral noise and I try to concentrate on what really grounds me and so those are the things that really keep me hopeful at the moment and keep me positive. So I think that works differently for different people. I know that's a really procrastinated and elongated answer to your question, but I don't think that was a very easy question now, <laughs> uh, to be sorry. honest. <laughs> I do apologise. Sorry, sorry. No, not, no worries at all. Actually, sorry, not sorry, really, because, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, last time you were on, you shared some really helpful tips about positivity. And I, I think the thing about positivity it is not minus optimism is it it's about all those other things which include gratitude and uh, we were just chatting before the podcast and I shared with you I, I opened my journal this morning which is this sort of inspirational diary I really love it but today's quote uh, got me almost throwing it across the room because the quote today was um, an optimist does not stand in the rain he's taking a shower under a cloud <laughs> I just thought, what a load of old tosh. Honestly, is that supposed to inspire anybody? And I think the problem is with the way things are at the moment that these sort of glib quotes and these sort of, hi, let's just check that the glass is, is half full. It's definitely not half empty. They just ring a little bit hollow, don't they? Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. And I think if I were to maybe have read that quote this morning, it might have filled me with the same emotion that it filled you with. Um I think that that's a really interesting concept, um, Rachel. And I think actually one of the, the common things that people might not understand about positive psychology, which is totally fine because, you know, not everybody um, has read read a lot about it, is that actually emotions aren't mutually exclusive. Um, we don't have these positive emotions and negative emotions and they're not binary. We actually have these spectrum of emotions where we can feel things in a positive light and a negative light at the same time. And we can feel this mishmash and this conflict. Um, and that can lead to the sense of fatigue that we might be feeling at the moment. And I think that's really what we're sensing in the communities that we live in and in the spheres in which we work in the spheres in which we live, because Yes, we've been through lockdown before and normally when we've gone through a process before and we've gone through a hardship, 
we're faced with the tools, um, you know, that allow us to get through it a bit more easily. I think when people have gone through this third national lockdown now, people are weary, people are tired and facing it, there's this overwhelming fatigue. Um, there's this gruelling sense of the unknown because we really don't know how long this is going to last for. We are hopeful, we are optimistic, we don't want this to be our future, but we know that it was difficult before, so chances are it will be difficult again. And I think it's really, really important that we kind of accept that balance of emotions. And yes, it's important. I know I spoke about the power of positivity before, and that's not to be denied, but we can't minimise the difficulties that we feel as well, because they're equally important too. And actually, difficult times and uh, negative emotions actually teach us a lot too, um, however uncomfortable they are and however difficult they might feel, um, you know, they, they, do, they do teach us a lot as well. I know that there's a lot in the literature, isn't there, about how suppressing negative emotions is just really unhealthy. And and in our particular culture in which we live in the West, perhaps, we are really scared of feeling those negative emotions. And so we we run off and we do everything we can in order to suppress them or not to feel them or to ignore them and stuff. So how, how do we embrace and feel those negative emotions without drowning in them and, and 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 really just wallowing which which isn't helpful is it no absolutely and you're you're really really um you, you've really hit the nail on the head there and um, Rachel because we don't want to wallow in these negative emotions and and we don't want to be getting into a situation where where they're making us feel unhealthy and if that is if that is the situation and that might be the situation for some, then we do need to be seeking professional help. And that there's no shame in that. There's no difficulty around that. And, and it's OK to not be OK. It's OK to acknowledge the difficulties that we might be facing. Um, we all might be going through that process at some point and, um, you know, reducing the stigma around that is really important. But moving kind of away from that side of the spectrum a little bit more towards the middle Actually, if we are feeling a negative emotion one day, kind of holding on to that um, that thought that this too will pass, um, holding on to the fact that actually um, this is part of the process of life. And, and I, I've just mentioned a few moments ago that, that emotions are non-binary. Actually, sometimes we have to feel the difficult times, the, the conflict, the discomfort in order to appreciate the good, because without knowing what it is to kind of have a hardship without knowing what it is to to feel uncomfortable with something we can't actually appreciate what it is to to experience joy to really relish and celebrate successes to really understand what our strengths are if we haven't actually had something that that maybe hasn't gone our way um, and I think you're right I think maybe in our culture maybe over the last kind of three to four decades um, we've moved away from this um, idea that actually we shouldn't be experiencing hardships or you know if we do then we might be failing in some way but actually I'd like to challenge that thought and say actually those types of difficulties in our lives actually support us in, in developing skills for the future. Yeah yeah I think you know, a, a quote from some ancient wisdom is you know in this life you will have suffering you will, won't you? And, and, you know, loss is a result of love. <laughs> if you don't love anything, you're not going to, you're not going to lose anything, but it's really hard for us to accept. I think particularly when there is a generation of people who maybe haven't gone through any particular hardship, you know, we've never known world wars. We've never known what it's like to be hungry. Um, most of us, 
Um, We've had all the support that we needed financially. Most of us are, are doing okay. Although, you know, there's obviously so many people that have been affected um, by the COVID pandemic. So it's, what I think has been happening is we've been experiencing a lot more negative emotion, but I'm hopeful that because I think this pandemic has made us go deeper, hasn't it? It's made us go deeper into what does bring us joy and what's really important in life, that that will then help with some of the the, the the positive emotion and you know that 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 contrast of because things have been because I haven't been able to get out to the pub with my friends for so long <laughs> that when I yeah. finally am able to do that I will be so grateful to just to be able to you know go to, go to the wine bar with them and have a really good chat and that would be just as well whereas before the pandemic I'd be like okay look, can we go out somewhere really really nice in London or away for a weekend for me I'm just happy to be able to go for a coffee with someone <laughs> absolutely because you'll relish that moment more won't yeah. you and you'll savor it more because actually um you'll remember how much you've missed it. Mm. And I think it's those types of feelings that we have, that kind of missing that connection, that kinesthetic process, that missing that tactile sensation that you might have just by, you know, brushing across somebody, you know, you know, brushing against their arm or Mm. giving them a coffee or 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 something like that. Yeah, absolutely. A hug. I'm I'm a really huggy person. So I'm missing that immensely. I know a lot of people aren't huggy people, but um, I'm missing my hugs with my friends. I'm missing, you know, actually just touching people on the shoulder or on the arm or something. It's it's really, really difficult, isn't it? At this moment in time, we're missing all those things that used to be so natural to us. Um, And I think when we are able to do all those things again, it's going to make it so much better for us. It's going to make it so much more important. And so I think allowing yourself to feel what you need to feel at this moment, allowing yourself to miss those things, knowing that this will pass, knowing that we will get through it and knowing that actually there are brighter days coming can hopefully fill us with some hope um, for the future. So what would you say to someone said, yes, I know that this will pass, but actually I can't see when. And and it's fair enough being said, you know, we had the lockdown in November, four weeks, this will pass in four weeks time, it will be fine. And now we don't really know, you know, I'm thinking Easter minimum probably, and, and things won't definitely won't be back to normal by Easter, they hopefully will be better. So how do we hold on to positivity yeah. and cope when it's just such a long way in the future and it's so uncertain? Yeah. Okay, so I think there are a few ways in which uh, we can hold on to positivity. Um, I think firstly, acknowledging that you're not going to be able to be positive all the time is the first step. Acknowledging this non-binary spectrum that that we feel. And equally, acknowledging that actually, because we're living in a different world, we're living in this kind of abnormal world um, at the moment, this artificial construct um the emotions that we're feeling are quite I don't want to say artificial because they're real to us but what I mean by that is they're more intense Mm. they seem to be more frequent and they seem to be as you mentioned just a moment ago quite quite a lot deeper um and that doesn't mean they're not real that doesn't mean that they're not um you know they're not part of us but what I mean to say is that we might not be used to them and so understanding how to cope with those and, and recognising that they are different to what we might normally experience is a reflection of the life that we're living at the moment. Um, and so knowing that this will pass as well, that we won't always be feeling like this, I think, is something that we can hold on to. 
And then kind of stripping everything back and getting back to basics. Um, You mentioned kind of going for coffee with your friends and just being with your friends, maybe being in a wine bar. Yes, of course, we can't do that at the moment. Yes, of course, that isn't a, a reality. But thinking about what it was about those moments with your friends that made you feel good. So was it the conversation? Was it the energy? Was it um, the tactile sensation? You know, what was it about those uh, experiences? And quite often it's a whole combination. I'm not I'm not for a moment suggesting it's one thing. But if we if we can strip things back and get back to basics and then incorporate those basics into your life. Yes, it will. It won't be perfect, but it might give you some semblance of that positivity back. Hmm. And that's really helpful because I'm thinking, yeah, what is it about being there? It's about having a good conversation. It's about having a laugh and being being relaxed. And actually, you can do that on a one to one basis. You can go for a walk and have a have a good conversation. You can be relaxed in different ways. I hope. So there there are there are things. I guess it's about. And I always talk about this with people staying in your zone of power, thinking about actually yeah. so much out of your control at the moment. What is in my control that I that I can do and it does feel that there's not a lot but there are some things and I guess the the temptation when it is locked down is just to hunker down and go right I'm sick of this I'm just going to not do anything for three months and not see anyone and not do this and not do that and, and actually there are there are some things that would make a huge difference now I mean I'd like to also mm-hmm. Sorry, was there something else that you had to add there before I quickly no, cut you off? I, I, I was just going to say, um, you know, because, because these rules are imposed on us, it makes us feel quite powerless. But actually, mm. it's about empowering ourselves and allowing us to feel actually that we are in control of our own selves. And I think you just you hit the nail on the head there. It's about just um, putting ourselves back in the driving seat within our own sphere of influence. Yeah. So when we were chatting earlier, and we were just saying, how are you? How am I? How are you? Et cetera, et cetera. I was just sharing that, um, you know, I the coping mechanism that I usually have to, you know, live my best life have sort of gone for me. I do quite a lot of work in this office <laughs> on my own, lots of work on Zoom. I used to be able to be going out and do lots of training and coaching and things like that. But um, for me... An isolated lifestyle doesn't really work. So I'm a real extrovert. So I put lots of yeah. things in my diary, like group tennis coaching and group circuit training and doing this and that, which, which gave me those, those points of contact in the week or even just yeah. going to out to the gym or out to this or that. Very things. And, and because of lockdown, all those coping strategies have just gone and you're sort of just limited to walks or or, or jogging or cycling, you know, as exercise and, and you're just limited to, to virtual stuff. So it seems like we talk a lot about well-being and we talk about all these things we can do. And then half of our options have just been been stripped away from us right now. What, what would you say to someone like me who's struggling with that? Yeah. And that's really, really hard, isn't it? Because in that instance, we feel really powerless because you've worked so hard you know, throughout the last however many years, developing these strategies and and learning about yourself, connecting with yourself and feeling actually this is what helps me in this particular time. But when they're taken away from you, it just makes you feel like you have to start again from scratch. And I think I would, again, go back to basics because actually if we allow ourselves to align with our own values and principles that can strip away all of the peripheral noise that we might be hearing. Um, And what I mean by that at the moment is that 
there isn't much that we can do about the current situation. We are in a difficult situation. And so all those things that might have helped in the past have been taken away from us. So again, going back to my original point, what is it about that connection that helped you? What is it about that group coaching that helped you? What is it about those particular instances that you might be able to extrapolate, translate and transfer into the current environment that you have. Now, you're not going to get the same hit that you would have got from those types of um, transferable relational skills, but you might get some sort of, you know, you might get a 50% hit, if you see what I mean. Um, So I suppose it's about being flexible. It's about having this um, understanding and having this flexibility of, of mind and thought, essentially, knowing again that this too will pass. So again, just embracing the fact that this is hopefully not going to be the future and um, life as we know it. Mm-hmm. And I think this sort of thing will apply to people who who are still right, right out to work on the front line as well. And again, I, I love that quote you said to me. Um, you you said you'd heard it a lot in the coronavirus crisis about we're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. Yes. Just ex- tell us a bit bit about what that means to you. So. For me, when I read that quote, um, essentially, we're all in this global pandemic, we're all experiencing different things. And the reason we're experiencing different things is because some of us might have suffered a bereavement because of it. That's that's quite a, a reasonable scenario. Some of us might be going out to work on the front line, wearing PPE 12 hours a day and seeing the hardships face to face. And we know that's true of a lot of our colleagues. Some of us might be working in general practice and then having some face-to-face contact, wearing PPE, but not wearing it all the time. Um, Some of us might be doing a lot of homeworking, a lot of remote working. Um, And then there are other key workers as well, whether they be police um, people, uh, fire staff, and then other key workers who work in supermarkets. And then people who are able to completely down tools, you know, from their office environment and work from home. I get it. You're pushed for time. And with over 200 episodes, how do you know which is going to be the one that lifts you out of the saucepan and back to thriving at work? Never fear, the You Are Not A Frog podcast quiz is here. Find out if you're a super squirrel, brilliant badger or mighty mole, and I'll send you a personalised playlist with the top five episodes that will make the biggest difference to you. Discover your top of the hops top five episodes sorry and leap into your happiest thriving self again just go to youarenotafrog.com slash quiz now there's this juxtaposition as well because some of our key worker colleagues will be using the key worker scheme and putting their children in um you know, nursery environments or school environments because they have no options. And some people be keeping their children at home because they do have an option or that's their choice. Um, And what this does is it just brings around this whole difficulty that we might be feeling at the moment that actually we're all weathering the same storm, the same pandemic, but we have completely different experiences in it. No one person's journey is the same. No one person's hardship is the same. No one person's life system is the same. And actually having some sort of compassion, some sort of understanding, some sort of kindness and extending that towards every single person we meet at the moment and for life moving forward is really, really important and really key. And I think think what we all hopefully need to be um, adopting really in our way through the future. And I think when 
you mentioned actually reflecting on the question that you asked me at the beginning, what can we be positive about? I think actually we can be positive about humanity. I think we can be positive about the way in which we've all dealt with this current situation and the new human behaviours we're seeing, because I've seen a lot of kindness and compassion over the last 10 months. Um, And I really hope that continues because the way communities have helped one another, the way people have helped one another and reached out is really, really something to be proud of and really something to celebrate. Mm. And so I think actually the storm that we are weathering is gruelling. It's hard. We are fatigued and we want it to end. Um, But just knowing that we're all in it, we're all weathering it in different ways and we're all feeling the burn, um, hopefully will allow us to, to move forward together as a community. Yeah, I think that's a great point about about humanity. We are we're seeing the best and, and the worst of humanity at at the moment. Uh, there's a brilliant book I just read called Humankind. Um, can't remember the the author, but just if people sort of Google humankind. It's 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 brilliant. It's lovely because it just goes um, about making the case for the kindness of humanity. And actually, we've we've evolved because we are group people because we are uh, into belonging and kindness and and. And all that sort of stuff, which is, which is really heartening, really. And I think people have really pulled together. Um, and I, I do hope that we continue pull it, pulling together and all this sort of fighting over <laughs> the vaccine and all that sort of thing is just going to, just going to stop. And we're all going to just pull together, get it done and, um, and, and, and get on with the lives, but with some lessons that we've, that we've learned, that we've learned really, really well. So, yeah, there are people working really hard on their on, on on the front line. There are people stuck at home with with toddlers, homeschooling, and trying to manage their teams and everything. And I think both are have different issues and different challenges, which is so hard when you're trying to run a podcast around well-being for professionals in high-stress jobs because everyone's facing completely different challenges. I know one of my friends said to me as a GP, she said she's so grateful that she can go to work right now, that she can get out of the house and and and, and go to it. And that's, that has saved her, whereas her other half is stuck at stuck at home and, and has been, and it's just for the, for the foreseeable future. So there are, are silver linings to every cloud, as it were. And I know that last time we talked about some of the sort of hacks for for positivity, and I think I think they still stand no matter what the circumstances are. And I know there were things like mindfulness and gratitude and generosity and things like that. I mean, can you just remind us about these fundamental building blocks of, of, of staying in a positive mindset, no matter what the circumstances? Sure. So firstly, I would say that what we need to be doing ourselves is um, connecting with ourselves first. So understanding what we need um, is really, really important, especially at this time when we're all going through difficulties. So not just as families um, are we going through the same storm, but actually as individuals we are. So even if you have the closest relationship with your husband, your wife, your partner, um, your friend who you might live with or or if you live on your own, um, you know, the person who you who you are closest to is also weathering the same storm as well. They might just not be telling you the difficulties that they're having. So actually having that compassion for other people is really important too. So connecting with yourself and understanding what you need is really important. And I think in our culture, we might not be the best at communicating what we need to people. So actually communicating that to people could be really, really helpful, actually, because it allows people to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Um, So, for example, and I'm going to give a really, really trite example here. Um, 
I don't drink so much coffee, I drink tea. So if someone were to bring me a nice hot cup of coffee, that's lovely, but it wouldn't hit, you know, yeah. the, the spot for me. I'd really like a nice warm cup of tea. Um, but if someone didn't know me very well, I'd be very grateful for it. I would never say anything to them because I just don't say things like that and I would drink it, but I would feel much better if I had a cup of tea. But so actually communicating to people, actually, this is how I need help would really, really work. And that's actually called optimal support matching. So connecting with yourself, understanding what you need. And you mentioned that before, Rachel, when you said, oh, I know that I need connection with people and I've built that into my life by doing X, Y, and Z is really, really important. We just do it naturally because that's the way we've evolved, but it does have a, it has a key concept around it and there's actually studies around it. Mm. So actually connecting with people and recognizing that they might be in difficulty too. Yeah. Now that is, that is a really Really good point. So I listened to a podcast and it's called The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. It's yes, really yes, yes. good. Just before Christmas, it was all about gift giving, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that one. Like 45 minutes on gift giving and how to do it well. And the conclusion was <laughs> the best way to give gifts that won't cause problems, but because optimal happiness for everybody involved is to ask somebody what they want and give it to them. <laughs> Who'd have thought, wow, radical stuff. But you know what? It was quite radical. And I think when, when you're saying that, that optimal support matching, it's exactly the same. Ask, for, ask people what they need and give it to them. I'm like you with coffee. I don't drink coffee. I can't stand the stuff. So if you turned up with me with a lovely steaming cup of coffee, literally I'd have to pour it down the drain because it would make me gag. So that wouldn't help. I would appreciate the thought, but I would really appreciate it if you turned up with some chocolate. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> but, you know, so, so that is so important. So often, and if it boils down to this, the lo- your love languages. Love, love languages, absolutely, by Dr. Gary Chapman, I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. is. So when I got married, um, my mother had just, my mum, hi, big shout out to my mum. She listens to every single episode, bless her. None of the rest of my family do, but my mum does. Thanks, mum. Anyway, when we got married, she gave us that that love languages book. And then every time any of my friends got married, that was the gift she gave everyone. So all of my friends were like, oh yeah, your mum gave me that love languages book. <laughs> but genuinely, it's a real transformation maker for yeah. your relationship. And the basic thing is that we give and receive love in very different ways. So yeah. if you are the sort of person that needs to spend quality time with someone and your partner not that bothered about that, but they like to give gifts, then you're mismatched because you'll just be longing for them to spend time. They might come home with you for you with a bunch of flowers and then go off into the garage and sink it with their bike all evening. And you're feeling completely unloved, but because they've given the gift that makes them feel loved. So it's all about matching the way you show love to, and support to other people with the way that they give and receive love. I think there are, so there are five, I mean, like you're going to have to write, let's try and listen. So one is uh, acts of service. So doing things for people. Yep. One is one is giving. Giving. One is physical touch and affection. Yes. One words is support. Of, one of words of one words of affirmation. So it's you know bigging people yep. up and then saying how great they are. Uh, gifts, physical words of affirmation, quality time, and acts of service. That's that's that. That's yeah. So that's five. support. Yeah. For me, that's support. Yeah. Yeah. Support. Okay, that's how I translate it in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if. And and I think it applies 100% here, doesn't it? It does. It does. So some people need that professional validation. Um, Some people need, um, you know, kinesthetic touch. So they need that tactile sensation. Some people need to be left alone. I want my space and I want to go to my room and have my 
door shut and please don't disturb me you know um, and I think a lot of people might be feeling that at the moment because you know their families are at home if you've got a family unit who's working at home or if you live um, you know in a flat share or something and you're all in the same space I think people are feeling that that burn at the moment if they need that in their lives um and other people need personal validation mm. so people need their self-esteem improve you know um bolstered um so there are lots and lots of different ways those are just a few examples um and there are lots of different ways in which this can be um translated so actually figuring out first of all what that is for you is really really important and then communicating that to somebody if you have a life partner can be really key as well, because if you're having difficulties at the moment and you need to, you know, bolster down and really, really focus on your coping strategies, they're probably in that same situation as well. So actually just saying to them, actually, you know, if you see me in a bad mood or if you see me struggling, can you do X, Y, and Z for me? That would really help me. What you're doing is you're helping them as well, because they probably don't have that headspace to be thinking about what you need at that time, not because they don't care, but because they're also in that same zone that you are yeah and it's just it's just compassionate towards them because say if you you need to be left alone for a bit and say I don't know I don't know your other half but say if their love language was spending quality time and you're saying well I I just want to be left alone actually just explain to them actually for me you showing love to me will be a real act of service to me and support by letting me have that time and it's not because I don't want to spend quality time with you it's just that that's what I need and but I know that your love language is quality time therefore later on let's spend some time together doing this so you can you can you can mix and mix and match with with that yeah it it, it was really you know it's really helped my marriage I've worked out my other half doesn't really do gifts he doesn't you know but I had to tell him that I do (laughs) and then we're all right and then I know that when he comes home from work he needs to go off into his man cave and just process the day he really doesn't need me jabbering on in his ears so letting him alone is really really helpful so there's you know there's all these different different things it can just it's just basic it can help you, you could just strategically leave screenshots up on his computer of the gifts that you like. So, <laughs> so when he's having his downtime in his man cave, he can look at the gifts that you might like. <laughs> you you laugh, you laugh. I mean, I made sure at Christmas everyone knew exactly what I wanted. I just bought my own and made them wrap them up. Because <laughs> I keep seeing these threads on Facebook saying, oh, I'm so upset because my partner didn't give me what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, well, that's your fault. <laughs> Sorry, we're sort of diverting. Everyone listening to this thinking I'm a terrible person. But I think we do have a responsibility to communicate what our needs are. And whether that is time alone, time in just having a bath, getting out for exercise. And, and that is the one way that we can absolutely support each other. And we need to support each other in the way that they would like to be supported, not in the way that we would like to be supported. Absolutely. And it's very easy to, to, to get that mismatch. It's a really simple solution, really. Yep. And then we can move on to the, you know, the, the more, um, uh, you know, the, the, the more positively based psycho- psychological processes that I talked about before, such as gratitude, journaling, um, connection with others, learning. So when I say learning, I don't mean going out and learning a new skill at the moment because nobody has the headspace or the reserves for that. But what I mean is if you have... Um, a particular hobby that you like to do, whether it be, you know, you're a musician or you're an artist or, um, and I don't mean that in the professional sense, I just mean, you know, you, you like to have a bit of a bang on the piano or something, um, or, you know, you like to cook, you like to try new recipes, you like to go for a run every couple of days or so. 
trying a new route when you're running is actually a really, really good way of learning your local area. Yes, you might drive the roads, but when you run or when you walk, you see different things. Um, when you're cooking, actually substituting a new ingredient can make the food taste really different. So you're having a new experience when you're eating. And I know these might sound like really like simple solutions, like what's she talking about? But actually, at the moment, it's about being simple and not stretching ourselves too far. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there are really, really simple solutions. And there are five ways to well-being that the New Economic Foundation researched Um in 2011 i know that lots of people know about them but actually really reading them with a different mindset with a different intention can give you some different solutions as well yeah. um, and when i talk about connection or when you read about connection it's not about the number of connections you have it's not about kind of engaging on social media it really is about the depth of the connections that, that, that you have with people um, and making sure that those relationships are really valid yeah, I 100% agree. It, it's this this connection that is the top one, isn't it, in terms of protecting you from burnout and going down what I call the vortex of business. It's this pro-social bonding, deep connections with the people that re-energise you, not just loads and loads of connections with people that drain you. If you want you want to know more about that, I did an episode with um, Dr. Joe Scrivens called uh, Very Nice People and Other Deadly Perils. So we talk about that about being intentional and who you're connecting with. That's not to say don't connect with other people, no. but make sure you balance that up with people that really do re-energise you. Yeah. Um, um, actually, I was just, thank you for mentioning that, Rachel, because I was just going to say as well, I think at this moment in time, I think moving away from things that we might feel are toxic in our lives is, is quite important as well. So that might be a bad habit. Um, you know, if you do something that you don't feel necessarily fills your cup with joy, Um doesn't make you feel very good it might be worth just reconsidering that at the moment because there are lots of things in our lives as we've spoken about today that might not be making us feel very good there are lots of things in the world at the moment that might not be feeling us makes uh, making us feel so good sorry I got my words mixed up there so just thinking about the things that you do have control of and actually oh if I didn't have that extra piece of cake would it be such a bad thing Probably yeah. not. So, you know, maybe not have it or, you know, and I'm not saying eating cake is a bad thing. I just mean, you know, it's, it's just about thinking about what gives you toxicity in your life. Yes, just you don't probably need that fourth bit of Christmas cake, <laughs> yeah. which I could have done with saying to myself last week. <laughs> I have to say I'm guilty of that. I, I ate a whole box of chocolates literally in one sitting um, because I hadn't had chocolates for a really long time. And I was like, well, I'm just going to eat this now because I really like them. <laughs> yeah. And I deserve it and I'm feeling a bit, oh, and I know that chocolate will give me this tiny energy boost. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I think there are some obligations, though, that we have during COVID. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I've got a, an amazingly supportive family, but I know that there are some people that are feeling quite depleted by the fact they're having to support some relatives and it's really quite um, draining on them. And I'm just wondering about reframing that is because I know giving is one of the ways to well-being and giving yeah. really does make us feel better and in fact in my in my my journal there's a space for you know what have I done as a good deed today and really being intentional about thinking about what I'm doing and, and again we're stuck at home many of us and so the giving we can do fi financial which brilliant I would encourage everybody to give financially regularly because there's so much evidence about giving actually gives you the equivalent satisfaction as a boost in your own salary so it's worth it and you know there's so many people in so much need at the moment so financial giving 
goes without saying, but you might want to give in other ways. And if we can't go and volunteer time outside, but what we can do is volunteer, uh, uh, give our attention, our, our compassion, and just think about maybe who needs some connection with you, who you can phone and who, who you can talk to. And if those are particularly draining people, rather than put that in your connecting category, put it in your giving category. Yes. Maybe reframe that. That's a really, really great suggestion, Rachel, because I think the way in which we approach our strategies, the intention behind the strategies actually is half of the battle and half of the um, the, the, the process. And actually, if we have a strategy behind what we're doing, that actually gives us more motivation for it. And that's related to kind of motivational theories and goal-directed behaviour, and it can have much better outcomes. So yes, just reframing things gives us much more positivity about things and doesn't sap our energy. Really, really great tip. Well done. So <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, I that sounded really patronising. I didn't mean it like that. What I meant was I'm really going to take that from you. So I meant like, yeah, thanks for giving it to me. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. Good. Just, just make sure, you know, that really, really wise person once said to me that this is, this is what you could do. I think, but I think you're so right in coming back to the, the five ways to well-being because because doctors, we sort of know it, but we just forget time and time again. Yeah. To get to get get back to those ways to well, they have been thoroughly researched, and they know we know that they work. So that there are five of them. You can find them on the the, the the Mind website is very good about them, isn't it? And the NHS Choices website. I I add three more in actually, Amy. I wonder if you would agree with them. One is sleep. Sleep. Yeah. Um, another one is eating well. Mm-hmm. I think we we have really. Uh, in fact, I was just caught the end of a documentary yesterday on the BBC, the truth about I think your immune system. I thought, oh, what amazing new stuff they're going to say. It was the same one. It was eat vegetables, you know, get enough sleep, eat well, eat plenty of fiber, that sort of thing. So sleep, eat well. And then my last one is setting boundaries yeah. and resting because I think unless we can do that, we can't get to any of the any of the other ones. And what I'll do is I'll make a handout available for, for listeners if you want to download some more information about the five ways to well-being plus that. And, and, and you can do a little bit of an audit on yourself. So I'll make that available as a handout for the podcast. So Really, what you're saying, Amy, is don't change things. Just get back to basics and work out how you can, you know, craft it and amend it just to cope at the moment. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. And I have to say that doesn't come from me. I had I was very, very lucky. I had a very wise teacher and that was my father. And he always said to me from a very, very young age, um, always go back to first principles. He said, if you don't know the answer to something, go back to first principles. So go back to basics. Um, When you don't know the answer, when you're having trouble figuring something out, go back to basics. Yeah. And that that really helped me last night. I was sort of awake, worrying about something or whatever. And I thought, okay, what can I do about this? And, you know, I was trying to solve the problem. Went back to basics. And the basics was things always look worse at night. Worry about this in the morning. And so I did. (laughs) That really helped. This morning I'm feeling a lot better about it. So I think... You know, we just but we have to keep reminding ourselves, don't we? Because we forget. We do. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. It's been brilliant. So, Amy, oh, it's it's always a complete pleasure to have you on. Let's finish. Do you have three top tips you would give to people right now, just to get through the next few weeks? Yes, my top tips would be go back to basics. Mm-hmm. Number one. My second tip would be um, figure out what it is that you need. Um, you might have been practicing it for your whole life, but actually connecting with yourself and just articulating that um, 
might be something you're not necessarily used to. So that'd be my second tip. Mm -hmm. And the third tip would be, we're all in the same storm, just in different boats. That isn't my quote. I don't know who um, wrote that, but I have heard it a few times. So just kind of having compassion for yourself and for others around you that um, we are in the same storm, but we experience things in very, very different ways, depending on our life circumstances, um, would be a way in which I think might help people get through the next few weeks. Mm, great. Thank you so much. And I think having spoken to you, my top tips would be firstly, don't be scared of those negative emotions and let yourself experience them because that's healthy. Um, but I think keep some hope and do, do plan stuff for later in the year. Have a few little things to look forward to. And I think com communicate what you need with those around you, yeah. I think. Oh, that's going to be really helpful. And I'm, I'm going to go and find out actually what my family really need now to, to stay sane in, in the next few weeks because I think I've been neglecting ask, asking them I've been doing what I think they need which is mainly nagging them about getting out of the house and go for a run and stuff but that may be not what they think they need so I'm going to go and ask them so it's great I mean if people wanted to get in touch with you find out more about you how can they find you sure so um I have a website it is www.yourwellbeing.doctor that's d-o-c-t-o-e are um you can find me on twitter um, my handle is at your well-being doctor that's dr um i'm on instagram at your well-being doctor again that's the full word doctor and you can also email me if you'd like to get in contact for um you know a, a more prolonged uh, connection um at amrita at your well-being doctor but i think you're going to put all the um, handles at, at the end as well aren't you we'll put them all in the show notes amy Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Will you come back again at some point? Of course, absolutely. It'll be my pleasure too. I always love chatting with you, Rachel. Lovely. Thanks. Have a good rest of the day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please subscribe to my You Are Not A Frog email list and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, then please leave me a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep well, everyone. You're doing a great job. You got this. <laughs>